you can have a seat. So when I was in college, uh, my grandmother bought me this MacBook Pro laptop. And at the time, this was the most expensive, fastest, best computer that you could own, and it was all mine. And I was really excited to have this thing. And I was a college student, and we didn't have uh, good cell phones and smartphones and tablets like they do nowadays. So this was pretty much the only possession that I really had. This was my number one thing. I didn't have a car. I barely had $5. I was poor. I was in college, okay? But I had this, and it was all mine. And one day I was on the way home from class, and I got back to my dorm room to find out that it had been stolen. And I felt like a part of me was stolen. You know, and when something gets taken from you, you feel like, like part of you is missing now. You feel violated, you feel upset, you feel disrespected. Because it's impossible to steal from somebody and still respect that person at the same time. You don't steal from people you respect. Like if somebody was to steal your money, they obviously don't respect you, unless that person is your wife or your kids. But you would willingly give them your money, so it's a little different. But when a stranger takes something that's yours, it upsets you. And if you've ever had something stolen from you, you understand what that feeling's like. And we're going to be talking about stealing this morning. And so just so we're on the same page, a simple definition of stealing is taking or withholding anything that's not yours. Taking or withholding anything that's not yours. And stealing is a really, really big part of our society, but we don't often think of it that way. But protecting ourselves from theft is a huge part of our society, and we understand that. When you go to the store, they have security things at the entrance so that if somebody steals something, when they try to leave, the alarm's gonna go off. They have cameras in every aisle so they, they can watch you and make sure you're not trying to steal anything. If you have a car, it has locks. Why? So that your stuff doesn't get stolen. You might even have an alarm on your car. And let's be honest for a minute, when an alar car alarm goes off, no one thinks to themselves, I wonder if something's being stolen. <laughs> you think, will somebody shut that thing off, <laughs> right? They serve no purpose in the world, but we use them. And if you have a car alarm, you hit the lock button twice to make sure that your alarm's set because it makes you feel more secure knowing that there's going to be an alarm going off if somebody tries to steal your stuff. Think about your house for a minute. You might have a fence in your backyard to keep people out. Maybe you have a dog in the backyard to keep people out. You have locks on your doors. You might even have an alarm on your house. Maybe you even have a gun inside your house, just in case. You're trying to keep people out. You're trying to keep your stuff from being stolen, and you're trying to protect yourself and your family. If you've got a phone or a tablet, it's got a passcode on it. Or maybe it's your fingerprint to unlock it. Why? So in case it gets stolen, your information's not stolen as well. We do all these things to protect ourselves. You have emails, and each email has a password. And you have a password for every website known to man, and you can never remember which password goes with which site, with which email, and then you gotta hit forget password, and reset, and do the whole process over again. But you do it anyways, 
And actually this week I looked up some of the worst passwords. They uh, release a list every year of the worst passwords out there, meaning if you have them, you're not very intelligent, okay? Because they're gonna get hacked because they're just so common and they don't, it's very easy to predict them. And here are some of them. One of them is the password one, two, three, four, five. Not creative whatsoever, but the next guy's pretty creative. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> and if you're really, really smart, you would do this one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. These are not good passwords. I'm guessing nobody in the room has done this. But the next one, I bet you might have done, because I've done it, and that's password. <laughs> password is password. But if you're super smart, you would have made it this, password with a zero instead of an O, because now, nowadays you have to use letters and numbers. All right, and then the next two passwords you might have used, and one of them is football. And some of you are really creative, so you add some numbers on there, but the numbers you use are the numbers of your football jersey when you used to play football. And so you're not that creative, okay? And the next one is princess. And the numbers you would add to it are, let me guess, the years your kids were born, right? There's a lot of us that would do that. You're not being creative, so stop doing that, all right? Your homework is to go home and change your passwords and stop using birth dates and jersey numbers and common words, okay? But stealing is just a huge part of our society and we try to protect ourselves from it. And stealing is, is taking or withholding anything that's not ours. And we know that stealing is wrong. We would all kind of agree with that, that there's something wrong with stealing because we know what it's like when somebody takes our stuff, which might be why God included this in the Ten Commandments. We've been going through this series called True North, and we've been looking at each of the Ten Commandments and how they're supposed to guide our lives. And real quick, the thing you have to get about God is that God sometimes gets the bad rep of being a guy who sits up in heaven and tries to come up with a bunch of rules to take away all your fun and just kind of watches over you so that when you mess up, he can strike you with lightning or he can make a special note of it about the times you messed up. And that's not the way God works. And if you're a parent, you get this whole concept. You have rules for your kids, right? And they're not rules to take away the fun in your kids' lives. They're rules to try to set them up for success. You're trying to create the best possible environment for them so that they don't fall into some really bad situations. And God's our heavenly father. And the rules that he has for us are really there just to set us up for success. And that's why he wrote these Ten Commandments. He was trying to help out his people. And today we look at commandment number eight, and it's in Exodus chapter 20, verse 15. And if you haven't figured it out already, it is, you shall not steal. You shall not steal. And I think the bigger picture of this is God was trying to get at the idea that his people needed to have a level of respect for each other. And they needed to respect each other's property. And that's what God was trying to teach them. But apparently stealing was a really big problem because God found it necessary to point it out individually by saying, you shall not steal. And we know that this is a problem in our society today as well. Uh, there are millions of reported thefts a year in the United States alone. 
And it's not just a problem in our country. It's a problem everywhere else in the world, too. And it was a problem back in Bible times as well. This has been a problem of the history of the human race forever. And in the Bible times, in the Old Testament, they had punishments for when you would steal stuff. And under Old Testament law, if you were to, say, steal an ox, you would have to repay five of them. That was the punishment. If you stole a sheep, you would have to repay four sheep. Now, this kind of system would never work for us nowadays. If, if you stole a dollar, you have to pay back five dollars. If you stole a car, you have to pay back four cars. The problem is that person would go out and steal three more cars in order to return it, but then they'd have to steal more to pay for those, and it would just be this really ugly cycle. And so that system would never work for us, but apparently it did for them, and there were actually some things that if you stole, you got an even worse punishment. In our verse today, do not steal, the word steal there, the Hebrew word, really translates better to kidnap. And it was such a major topic back then that you can't kidnap, you can't steal a person, which is kind of the worst form of stealing, to kidnap someone. And if you did, in the Old Testament, you would be sentenced to death. They saw it as that uh, terrible of a crime, that terrible of a theft, that you would be sentenced to death if you stole someone. And these uh, punishments kind of line up with our view of the Old Testament and the way God is in the Old Testament. Because we usually think about God in the Old Testament as being this kind of authoritative figure. He's got all these rules and all these punishments. We see a lot of the wrath of God in the Old Testament. And so these seem like some pretty severe punishments, and it kind of matches our view of the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, we see the other characteristics of God, where he's much more loving and gracious and kind, and he keeps giving people uh, extra chances, and he's slow to anger. And that's kind of how we think of the New Testament. But there's not two gods in the Bible. There's one God. But throughout history, we see different characteristics of God highlighted. And so that's where we kind of see the split <clears throat> between the two, uh, Old Testament and New Testament. But the New Testament, when it comes to stealing, actually does a really, really good job of showing us the truth side of God, because God is full of both grace and truth. And the Apostle Paul talked about stealing in 1 Corinthians, and he said, thieves will not inherit the kingdom of God. Thieves will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's a pretty intense punishment. If I lived in the Old Testament and I got caught stealing something, I would say, um, excuse me, can I just pay back extra of what I took? Could you just sentence me to death? Because I'd rather just die and then I'll be with Jesus. But don't take away the kingdom of God from me. Don't take God away from me. That's intense punishment. And we see it in the New Testament where we might expect to see God being a little more kind and gentle. I don't want anyone to raise their hand, but who here has stolen something before? Stealing is taking or withholding anything that's not yours. And maybe some of you have stolen some stuff before. As a kid, maybe you stole a candy bar from the store because mom wouldn't let you buy it. Or maybe 
you grew up and you really have stole some stuff. You stole some money, you stole other people's possessions. Or maybe you've never stolen anything before. And so right now you think you're pretty awesome because you have kept this eight command, the eighth commandment. You're doing an awesome job. You get like a gold sticker and some extra Jesus points and, and all the good stuff because you've kept this commandment. You're pretty awesome. But let me ask you this. Have you ever stolen someone's dignity before? Have you ever talked bad behind someone's back? And by doing so, you stole that person's reputation? Maybe somewhere along the line in your life, you have stolen someone's innocence from them. Maybe you stole their freedom or their joy. Maybe you stole someone's peace from them. If I were to ask the same question now, who here has stolen something before, we, we probably would have some more yeses, including from me. Because stealing is taking or withholding anything that's not yours. And that includes things that are not material possessions. Now let's look at the other side of the coin for a moment. How many of you have had something stolen from you? Not a, an item, not a material possession, but who's had their reputation stolen from them? Maybe you've had your dignity stolen from you somewhere. Maybe as you were growing up, someone stole your innocence from you. Maybe they stole your joy, maybe they stole your peace, maybe they stole your freedom. And you feel like it's gone. Here's the good news. Jesus can return what was stolen from you. Jesus can return what was stolen from you. When I was in college and this MacBook got stolen from me, the very next day, it was returned. Apparently, the person who stole it out of my dorm room ran down the hallway, opened up the garbage chute, and threw it down. And after it ping-ponged off all the walls and landed in the garbage, the rest of the day, people kept throwing out garbage down the chute and garbage piled all over it and on top of it. And the next morning, the garbage man saw it. And he climbed through the garbage, through the smell, through the slime, through the food, through the flies, and he picked up my laptop, and he cleaned it off, and he returned it to me. Friends, maybe you have lost something in your life. Your reputation, your innocence, your joy, your peace. And you feel like someone's taken that and just thrown it in the garbage. And you haven't been able to get it back. The good news is that Jesus is willing to climb through the garbage, through the mess, through the slime, to find what was stolen from you and clean it off and return it to you. Because Jesus can return what was stolen from you. Maybe what's been taken from you in your life is your relationship with God. You see, when God created humans... He created us in his likeness and in his image to have a relationship with him. 
And in the Garden of Eden, Satan tempted Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and they did so. And the connection with God was stolen. What was rightfully theirs, a relationship with God, was stolen from them. And it's been stolen from all of us. But Jesus came to this earth, lived a sinless life, and died between two thieves. One of the thieves rejected Jesus and didn't believe in him and didn't accept him as his Lord and Savior. And today that thief is forever separated from God. But the other thief, he put his trust and his faith in Jesus. And today that thief is with Jesus in paradise. And it works the same way with us. We all have a choice to receive Jesus or not. And Jesus can return to you what is rightfully yours, a relationship with the Father. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, uh, that it's alive and active, and that we can still learn from it even today. Uh, we thank you that you sent your son here to die in between two thieves and to get each one of us, we're all thieves, uh, but you give us all a chance to receive you and to receive forgiveness and to receive grace. And we really appreciate that and we're thankful for it. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing one more song this morning. And maybe today you would like to get back what's rightfully yours. Maybe you know you deserve a relationship with the Father. Well, Jesus can return what was stolen from you. So if you'd like to get that back today, I invite you to join me up front as we stand and sing our invitation.